Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back. We are live. Happy New Year. Uh, this is Season 5, Episode 201. Uh, I am Nick Morowski, and this is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. You can find the podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We've got a YouTube channel, and we are live right now on that YouTube channel. Uh, so subscribe, check us out. Uh, we're on Twitter, at GoodGuysTV, Facebook fan page, all of that stuff. Uh, we've got some stuff to break up here, uh, Pat, but a new year, a new attitude, perhaps. Uh, happy New Year, buddy. Uh, happy welcome. New Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be here, buddy. Uh, <laughs> happy holidays. I got a little stage fright. I got to be honest. I've never done oh, anything sure. live like this before. Yeah. So yeah. I trust you. You're going to guide me through Well, I'm this. a trained, uh, you, you know, are I come trained. from a theater background. So I, this yes. is. Oh, uh, yeah. Classically trained Nick Morowski, all that good stuff. So you're going to steer the ship. We got a lot to break yeah. down and discuss. And, and I was thinking about it today, Nick. It, a month from now, we're going to be talking about, you know, breaking camp here and and, and you know, stories leading into spring training. It's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, uh, I would say around Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. Uh, President's Day. Um, and I know, know you gonna... love a good President's Day. <laughs> that, that's Let's not how kid I ourselves. You, you've I... <laughs> you've thrown the tree out. You're you're ready yeah. to to put up a Washington candle and uh-huh. a Lincoln. <laughs> Give your Lincoln logs, dress those up, <laughs> put a candle. Do you do that? Do you set up the Lincoln logs with with Abraham Lincoln and put a what candle if that's, inside? What if you walked into somebody's house and they had these little, you know, Lincoln log shanties like on their, you know, uh, counters or maybe as a centerpiece on their table, and it's because yeah. they were honoring President's Day. It would. It, it, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it was you, Nick. For those that don't know, <laughs> Nick is a presidential, you know, aficionado. Yeah. Loves politics presidents have have written you know read a lot of I've books read, about read presidents. Books, you've read books to say yeah leather bound books <laughs> in your in your library of all kinds of things so yeah. anyway yeah. excited so yeah. we got baseball to talk about let's break yeah. it down it's resolution yeah. time and yeah. it's exciting so i you know here we are um uh, you you mentioned spring and you know all the stuff that uh comes with it it sure seems like the white Sox are, are they're done making any type of serious moves i think we can uh maybe hope for this uh, eventual trade that we were told about the great trade the big trade <laughs> that uh rick Hahn, uh, teased us with back in early november just wait just you watch there's going to be trades going on uh, wait nothing ever you... seems to materialize for that, that uh, it just on. just doesn't seem to happen for him does no. it like you just kind of do you find yourself ever now like uh kind of rooting a little bit for him like uh oh, buddy i just wish something would go your way <laughs> you know i he is the charlie brown of gms after all <laughs> and uh, and he's just going up there he's like oh lucy's got the ball out there for me somebody's gonna make a perfect trade this is gonna be fantastic and he runs and runs and runs yeah. and the ball gets taken away and there goes rick Hahn on his ass again <laughs> Just, just wondering what happened. You kind of just wanted to just like stop talking. Maybe just stop making. Just say, just stop. Just yeah. I would talk about the past if I was him. Just for you know when the when the good times were there for for Rick Hunt. If there were when good were the, times, when were those? That well, won't you take know when he enough. tore 
down. When he tore things down, those were the good times for Rick Hahn. He he yeah. was like, hey, I'm your man to tear stuff down. And it's odd because, you know, Ricky Renteria during that time, who was the manager, he was the guy that, like, got players to start playing uh, maybe the right way, you know. Yeah. Or, or the way that uh, White Sox organization wanted him, you know. And it's like, can we get just some folks here that can do it all? You know, they can like tear it down and they can build it back up. They can get players to play the right way and they can get success out of those players. Can can we get something like that? Maybe and build a good culture in the clubhouse. Sure. Again, we talked a lot about Ricky when he was here and and how we appreciated the uh, the culture that he created amongst a team that was, you know, going nowhere at the time. And, and it seemed oh. like players played hard for Ricky. Ricky boy, Ricky's boys don't quit. And. I, I can't believe that we're in 2023 now, Nick, and we're talking about, you know, probably, you know, if we could go back and have our druthers just wanting Ricky to stay and, and never bringing the Hall of Fame manager in. Yeah, I, I wished uh, Rick Renteria a, a happy birthday on the Locked On uh, Sox podcast. How His old birthday, is Ricky Renteria well, these I, days? I don't I, You know what? I forgot to. I forgot the number, but it was uh, Christmas Day is when his birthday was. He's a guy that I, you know, I, I think we're going to look back on him uh, over the years. And maybe we already do right now, uh, but we're going to say, boy, he did not get that fair shake. And he was better than uh, we were led to believe, you know, yeah. um, oh, he, he can't get it done. He couldn't he couldn't win that series in Oakland. Uh, and you know, there were some mumblings that came out later. Oh, he screwed about, that. He, he screwed up game two. Well, That's sure. For sure. That, that thing went sideways. But he, here's a guy that like has never really had any experience with success. You know, he yeah. dealt with the Cubs organization. And um, I think he was a bench coach for maybe the Padres for for a minute or, or two um, when they weren't where they are right now as an organization. And it was like, okay, you know, the, the Sox had a great 2020 year. It was an abbreviated 60 game, uh, you know, 60 game season. Some of the numbers that came out of that year individually from players again, cause it was maybe 60 games. They haven't hit those numbers, uh, in, in a while. And, uh, maybe you let him go one more year. You say, Hey, you know, if we can now build, uh, throw a couple guys your way, uh, build off of this experience. Like I, I, he could have won the division yeah. in 2021. You didn't, you didn't need to roll out uh, Tony Larusa and go through this whole situation that now we have to like make up for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Ricky probably deserves better than just a stopgap. You know, like he was the last two, uh, jobs he's had and, and both happen to be in Chicago. It's like, yeah. well, just you're, you're just good enough to keep a seat warm. Uh, don't worry about putting any pictures up on the wall, at least anything with nails. Make sure you're using those removable, like, you know, oh, Velcro yeah. strips. Yeah. Don't put any nails in the wall there. Uh, so, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But here we are, Nick. Here we yeah. are. And you talk about the good times with Rick Hahn. You know, I'm sure he's had plenty of good times with Pedro Grafal. They've had to have had a lot of sleepovers. And I'm sure they've <laughs> gone on vacation together. Oh, sure. Bosom buddies. Yeah. yeah. One of them, hopefully Han, he's got a boat. Maybe they chartered a boat. And maybe both of them went out fishing over the holiday. And just, you can really get to know somebody when you go on a fishing trip. Uh, How many fishing trips not a lot. you gone on, Nick? <laughs> I mean, a lot. That's why I don't know too time. many people. That, that's, that's why, why the, we're not very good friends because we've never people, gone fishing together. The people that I know, that's I don't it. have that strong we're, relationship. We're gonna, we're gonna never go on actual uh, fishing. So okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were able to break bread 
and get together. But uh, I would like to talk about some of the some of the good things I've been reading uh, about, you know, our new hitting coach and the assistant hitting coach. And you're hearing from Lance Lynn. You're hearing from Giolito. There there are some guys you're hearing from. Thank you, James Fegan, for all the work you're doing with The Athletic. You're hearing from guys uh, about this this thing called accustomed levels and the return to it. Uh, And that's really uh, I think going to capture a lot of people, at least it has uh, me in 2023, you know? Uh, so new year's resolutions, you know, we talk, uh, everybody, I think in America or in the world, it's health. You know, I, I want to mm. start eating better. I want to work out more. This, I want to get, this strong. is a podcast and this is an intervention for me. Is it? <laughs> There's not going to be no, like 10 enough. of my other friends coming on no. here and saying, Pat, let's no, talk no, about no. custom levels for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. That, you know what, that could be an interesting, uh, a different, maybe a spinoff of good guys talk back because we could just <laughs> talk right. personal custom levels, but you know, that that's a theme, you know, mm. every year I, I worked at lifetime fitness uh, in their customer service the humble uh, probably 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, January was just an ins- if you belong to a gym, you know, this January is an insane month, uh, even a little bit of before uh, into February. And then President's Day is the good check. Always President's Day. <laughs> it's always President's Day. The mark of demarcation for anything in life is President's Day. And, you know, everybody's trying to get healthy. It, it, but that seems to be what we're being sold by the by the organization. Do, do you feel this? Uh you know, Rick Khan and, and everybody that's been able to get in front of a microphone. Th- this is what we're hoping for. We are hoping for health in 2023 for the Chicago White Sox. I, I'm assuming every single baseball team is hoping their superstars, their core stays healthy. Socks have been bitten by the injury bug uh, the last couple of years. Boy, we just have not been able to get guys to be able to play together for an extended period of time. So you're looking for health which is great. And then you're looking for guys to return to accustomed levels. And, you know, I'm going to lean into that then as a fan, if you're selling me that Pat, well, then I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah, okay. All right. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. Because when you didn't do anything else and you just hoped for health and guys returning to custom levels, and if it doesn't work out, I mean, hey, you got to eat that, right? Yeah, like that's on you. I, I I don't understand. I'm I'm fine with that if that's the narrative that's that's going to be brought on us again. Is basically stay I can healthy. support that. Thank you, Beeflow, for the greatest you know gift of all time. Basically, stay healthy. Sure, but listen, that doesn't. Why should it limit them in terms of what they should be doing in the off season? I I, I don't understand why they have to be separate. Right. If they didn't have those guys and it's like we, we don't have anybody to return to form. Well, I guess we better do something and add to this team or we're going to be in tank mode and rebuild mode. Why can't it be? We have this. We have this foundation of really good players. That, this and that. You, know, that, you want, yeah, you want, you this, want the, this that. I want the this and the that. Yeah. This yeah. is good. <laughs> well, sure. That can be good also. Yeah. But yeah. I'm a hundred percent not understanding why it has to be that way. Like they have to be separated and 
Uh, it's just the way this organization is run and continue to be run. It's uh, it's interesting. There was something that popped up, I think, on on, on Twitter the other day. Two to three teams w- will be uh, sold in the next coming mm-hmm. years or something. And Sox fans praying it's it, our team is one of them. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But it is it is the way that this organization it, it goes about its business, and I, I can't understand why. But again, here we are in twenty twenty three, Nick. Yeah, I I don't know if I man if I dreamed this or if I read it on, on somebody's blog or 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 if they really had a source on this, but a reason that Reinsdorf doesn't want to sell is out of like boredom, like he is not going to know what he's going to do with himself. Fishing. We just <laughs> talked about it. Go on a fishing trip. <laughs> just go on it. Just go fishing. I mean, I, what, I, what, uh, that what, might not be true. I, that can't be true. That can't well, be a real thing. How would we you know? know? The, the man hasn't spoken yep. to the, to anybody in, in a while, and nobody was asking him at his press conference when he said we weren't very good at baseball. So no, that was for yeah, that was for obviously, uh, you know, the ACE program, which is a great program and all. Yeah, he he is a mystery wrapped in a riddle. Um, so I, I would say for you know for certain players in terms of New Year's resolutions, if I could get if I could gift them a resolution, and they've got to be thinking this already. You know, I, I look at a guy like Aloy Jimenez and um, if I'm going to lean into the health thing and, and let's be positive, let's be optimistic in this new year. Let, let's let's say, you know what, there's no way it's going to happen to the Sox again. OK, you want to pitch me health? I'll buy into it. You know, I'll get excited about a healthy Chicago White Sox team. And if you really sit down and you think about this lineup and, and you, you know, you study, you know, these players and you're like, wow, if these guys stayed healthy. And they all play together, you know, for 135, 140 games. It's a dangerous lineup. It has potential. Now, I know better as a longtime Sox fan that has been watching these guys just, you know, grab their hamstring, you know, collapse after, you know, running out an infield single or just, you know, rolling an ankle or twisting something. It's like, here we go again. But New Year's resolution try to try to play 140 games and and now i'm not saying play through like horrible injuries but stop with the workload management get -hmm. these guys to to have some urgency at the beginning of the season okay not that play for something that might not happen okay play early play hard play with some urgency in april and may yeah prepare yourself mentally that you're gonna you're gonna be playing almost every day and and know that you're going to get days off, but prepare and not go. Well, I know that I'm going to have days off. They're going to be built in. That's that's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm going with Yaz, and I'm going to give mm. Yaz is do your best not to be the most controversial player on White Sox <laughs> Twitter. That that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking for him to be. Yeah, in terms of living up to the quote unquote, at some point, he was the highest contract ever given out in White sure. Sox history. I'm not asking you to live up to that. I'm just asking you to live up and be available. And I'm asking you to produce the way that <laughs> can we you just, can you just be available, just, man. Can you just be in the lineup? Uh, to yeah. just not be someone that everybody's got to, uh, there's got to be two sides about. Right. There's this yeah. big there's this big divide. It's like him and Mankata, the, the players that everybody's always divided about. And quite frankly, it's because they don't do 
what we expect them to do. And there's people that look in their camp gets on base. That's why we love Yaz. And there's other people out there that say he's not hitting the ball, the ballpark on a regular enough basis or all these other things looking at defensive catching and how he's good and how he's not good. Oh, but he used to frame things better. All this, I would say whatever Yaz can do, just go out there and perform just I, return to return to levels. I don't even he's, think it's he's your custom levels guy. I, I, yeah. I'm actually just return to being average. Just be an mm. average ball player, yeah. and that'd be leaps and bounds better than what you were last year. So that's what I'm saying. Just I, almost like a good umpire. Nobody talks about him after the game because they had a great game. I don't want to talk about Yaz that much, to be honest with you. If you look at his uh 2019 numbers with the Milwaukee Brewers and it was his it was his walk year you know mm-hmm. it was his contract year and they were amazing numbers i mean it, it is a no brainer of why the chicago white sox targeted him and gave him the money that they gave him uh which is something they should be giving regularly it shouldn't be a ridiculous like wow the sox gave 74 million dollars no that should be a normal thing okay talk about getting it to a custom levels. How about spending money? Get, get that to a custom levels. <laughs> yeah. You know, you look at, yes, his, you know, power numbers, the, his game, the games he played, you know, his, the strikeouts, the walks. I mean, he had a really good uh, 2019 season. So I think that's what you're talking about. And, and mm-hmm. you read some of these articles and there's a lot of them that have been written on Grandal since the off season. He is, man, he is a beast right now. He is yep. he is working his butt off to get ready to go, not like to get to camp, n- not to get to spring training to Glendale, but like when I get there, I'm rocking and rolling, man. Like I'm Well, the I'm last two years he hasn't even, I don't think he's even participated in camp, right? It was like he's what? already he's already doing load management in spring training to rest the knee. Because the knee, like it, he hasn't been a hundred percent, and uh, you know that has been a way to get him to a hundred percent. So uh, that's a good call, Pat. I mean, he he's the guy we talk about all of the time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just the disappointment, and there's a reason why the Sox, you know, are kicking the tires on other catchers uh, this past off season. I, I really think the the front office is like, I don't think this guy can handle it. I'm questioning this guy's ability to handle the workload as a catcher. Now, with the bat, that could be a different story. The shift is gone. I think it's going to improve his offense. Uh, and he's talked about it in, in recent articles. He's like, this is going to be a different year. I don't have to try to swing for the fences when I'm at two strikes. You know, I could just, you know, take the pitch where I need to take it. You know, I don't have to try to swing out of my shoes and all this stuff to beat the shift. So that is going to be interesting to watch with uh, Grandal. Lucas Giolito, to me, is somebody that I get the reasons why folks are calling for his head. Trade this guy. He's got little value to us right now. Uh, I don't even I don't even know if they're going to entertain retaining him you know, when, when he is going to be set to walk, but like, he's, he's one of those guys where you say this, this could be his big contract year. Like, like mm-hmm. show us, show somebody, because you know, the Sox aren't going to pay uh, for starting pitching and they're probably not going to pay to retain a guy uh, at least uh, the, just early on. You never know what's going to happen. You, something could change, but show us, man, this is, this is the show me here yeah. for Lucas Giolito. And, yeah. and he, he just, 
I don't know what happened to him. We know about the weight gain. We know about the muscle stuff. I think he was trying to reinvent himself during the season, which is never a good idea. Love what I'm hearing about his offseason, though. I mean, there's some good positive stuff about where he's trending. Boy, you're lapping up this offseason with a spoon, <laughs> aren't you? Man, you are back. You're all the way back now. Back. The bitterness that was Nick Murawski in 2022 has been washed away, and the optimistic, uh, bright, face Nick Murawski that I yep. know and love yeah uh, ready for the season that's good no the, you're right about Gio uh, the fact that we've I've, I've said it so many times I'm probably you know repeated this a thousand times but you, you you either have to be so dominant with the two pitches that you do have um that that you're you're good enough to succeed or you've got to continue to invent more and add more to your arsenal Right, you have to look at a guy like Lance Lynn, who throws mostly fastballs, but none of them are the same. You have to be able to do something like that in your arsenal, where it's a different type of changeup, or it's a some it does something different, or you're changing arm angles, or something else that helps you differentiate and get guys to swing and miss more. Because, boy, I almost wrote this down. I didn't have Geo on my list, but I almost wrote down, "Don't give up the first inning home run." Because yeah, it's like people are, are just sitting on, they're, they're guessing one or the other fastball or changeup, and they're lucky in the first couple of innings. And the home run count for him has been tremendous. So, well, uh, you got other teams that are doing their homework, which yeah. is, I think, what I is a hope. When, when we get to the, you know, Jose Castro and the hitting uh, coach portion of this, I feel like, man, I'm already, I'm excited about how the sacks are going to be prepared. It just felt like other teams were so much. They were better prepared. Yeah. And, and it's not like you had to do a ton of homework for Giolito. You kind of knew what was going to happen to your point. Um, when you're limited on pitches and you miss and you're throwing now 93 miles an hour, 92 miles an hour. When you miss, you can't afford that. You, you yeah. can't get away with that kind of stuff. You don't, you don't have crazy, you know, you don't have Maddox stuff. Yeah. You, you've you've got some some movement that hasn't been there in a couple of years. The numbers are going to show that uh, you have to keep guys off balance. And I don't know if it was a lack of flexibility or he just but he just did not seem right. Um, well, right out of the gate, he had the, what was the sure. oblique, you know, so first game, you know, yeah. leading up to it, going into the first game, he gets an oblique. Maybe his something his mechanics got uh, out of whack after that, trying to you oh, know sure make Have sure that say, didn't happen yeah. again throughout the the rest of the year. But uh, I'm with you on Gio. My next one I, I had on the list was Lou Bob. You know, Luis Robert. Oh. All we've heard about is he's going to be top five in MVP. He's going to be the you know the the Cuban Mike Trout. I'm just asking him to maybe this is too much, but live up to the hype. Finally, you know, it's been a couple years. We know the talent is there. We all salivate over after we see, you know, the mammoth home runs or the fantastic, you know, he is a gold glove caliber center fielder that didn't show anywhere near that, whether it was the, the vertigo or the issues he had, obviously with his legs uh, last year, he was nowhere near the center fielder that we came accustomed to the previous year. So I'm asking Luis Robert to live up to the hype and, yeah. and I, maybe that's uh, too much of a tall order, but we were promised a guy. We're all excited about him. I want to see that guy. And like a lot of these guys in this lineup, I want to see it for 140 games, as you mentioned, with uh, with Aloy. So, just uh, think about that, Pat. Just, just try to wrap your brain around 140 games with Jimenez and Robert in the lineup. You know, and, mm -hmm. and playing 
pain free. Like I'm concerned about Robert's hand, you know, whatever was going on towards the end of the season where he was swinging with one hand, they kept putting him in the lineup. And then it was just eventually like, we're going to shut this guy down. What kind of damage was there further damage? You know, is he still work? Is he rehabbing that this off season? Has has he been able to participate a hundred percent? You know, that that's the concern, you know, because we've heard about guys, you know, with those deep bone bruises, you know, you yeah. I remember Paul Canerico years ago, of course, um, where he just was not right. And, and it was, we found out it was a hand issue and it was hampering mm-hmm. him for a while. Um, could have been, you know, Frank Thomas, uh, other guys that have dealt with this. Uh, Andrew Benatendi, you know, he's coming back from a hand injury, you yeah. know, something on, on his wrist, part of his hand that I'm hoping, you know, it gets all right, because I do think he's got a ton of, he really has a lot to to offer uh, the White Sox defensively and offensively, but you got to be uh, healthy. Uh, I, I, Luis Robert, you know, he, he, to me is the danger. He's the difference maker uh, on this White Sox team. He is the guy that should strike fear and opposing pitchers and like, what are you going to do with this guy? And, and and we have got guys then surrounding him that are, that are healthy clicking on all cylinders and it can be a dangerous lineup. Um, but to your point, he's got to live up to the hype. And, and I hope that starts day one. He, he's going to be participating in the world baseball classic. It seems like Pedro Grafol is all into it for guys participating in the world baseball classic. And, and I, Pat, I, I kind of like, you know, having to play some, some competitive games early, you know, set the tone. Um, yeah. So you hit the ground running March 30th uh, in Houston. Yeah. And, and it's not like these, uh, what we're all worried about as Sox fans and anybody that has, is a fan of any players playing in these, uh, in these tournament games as, as obviously guys getting out healthy, but it's not like our guys have a lot of mileage on them right now, right? They've they've had so much time on the injured list that some competitive baseball might do them some some good. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll look at it on two hands. I'll, I'll look on one hand and say, please, dear Lord, don't let anybody get hurt because we've seen this song and dance many times. On the other hand, I'd like to see him get some games in. My my daughter just had an indoor softball tournament this past weekend, Nick, and yeah. it was you know, it was constructed in a way there was no right field. Cause there was a netting right behind first base. And anyway, they played three is around Rodham Robin. They played three games where I'm going with. This is, it wasn't like she was all upset because they came in second base or second place because of run differential. They won all three games, but they, they didn't win because of run differential. I tried to mm. tell her this is a glorified practice and it's an opportunity for you out there and get some swings in, yeah. see some live pitching. You're not, it's not a practice indoors. You get a chance to play against some competition. So that's what I think our, you know, our players on the, you know, in this tournament uh, will do them some good. They're going to see some live pitching. It's not BP and you're actually competing against other people that are also trying to win because it's important for them for their countries. So yeah. it's a legit thing. So you're uh, looking I'm, at competitive live pitching, yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. guys just, you know, I'm just working on some stuff. And yep. uh, so you don't really know. Cause that's what you get in spring training is, yeah. is guys come in there. It's like, I, I'm, I'm this inning. I'm throwing all, all of this or all of, mm-hmm. you know, all of that just to yeah. work on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I had one more and then, and then I wanted to switch to, um, you know, kind of a different angle here, but 
I really, you know, it's Pedro Grafol. A lot, I think, lands on his shoulders. You know, he, he's got a, a tall task ahead of him. I, I love the people that he's surrounded himself with. Again, I wasn't crazy about the hire. Um, I, I Very refreshing that they went outside the organization finally. Uh, his, his baseball resume speaks for itself, but this will be his first time, you know, managing a, a big league club. And the, the Sox have the op, they have the opportunity uh, to to return to the top of the AL Central. I'm not scared by any other team in the AL Central. So it, it's he talked a big game, Pedro Grafol, when he was hired and he said all the right things and it was a lovely press conference. He won the press conference. He he did he absolutely, and he probably won a lot of people over. And and I and I like what you're saying, you know, but but. I'll be watching and you know, I'll be watching and I'm going to spring training uh, in early March. And I want to, what's this tone you're talking about? You know, how are you going to, how are you going to hold people accountable? You know, how are you going to balance the veterans and the new guys that, you know, are trying to earn roster spots. They're trying to impress guys like uh, Colas, whatever's going to happen in second base. We'll probably get to a little bit in this episode a little bit later, but you know, Pedro Grafol, you know, you're, you're going to have a lot of, of, you know, amped up energy too. And I, I just hope he practices what he preaches because I, I think everything that I've heard about him and, and the people that have played for him and are coached with him, um, a lot of positive. It's a lot mm-hmm. of positive. So how are you going to get guys to buy into what you're selling, um, create that culture that we mentioned at the top of this episode? That's going to go a long way. Yeah, I like his energy, Nick, and I think that'll be a change in pace, obviously, from the previous manager. But it's just in terms of, I feel like, and, and you know, time will tell whether this plays out this way or not. I feel like he'll have to be energetic enough to be in enough of the day to day and in the minutia of you know everyday baseball. To, so you know, he's got a relationship with each of the players and in the, in the in individual groups out there, but enough to step away and know that he's got coaches on his staff that have a job to do. I think, you know, maybe looking at La Russa, he took like a, like a really back, uh, back room approach in, in the way he <laughs> way did back room. way, was in a way, way in the back, back room. room. It's like, I'll let her, I'll let my leaders do this. I'll let my coaches do this, but I'm just going to be back here and, and kind of lead from behind, if you will. So, yeah. you know, I, I like that about Pedro and I, I like that. Uh, I like that. And I also like Nick that you and I have, we, we've never talked to each other about picking three, people have resolutions for, but we both picked three and we didn't pick three of the same people. That's That's true. Fantastic. And we never even went fishing. See, that's why me and you, we don't probably need to go fishing because we've known each other for so long. Well, I'd uh, like to, I was just Googling great places for friends to go fishing. Uh, My last one is uh, Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets is on my list and all I have for him, all I have for him is just prove to somebody that you belong in the major leagues. Last year, he got Mm. sent down to the minors, you know, work on some things. He came back and he had somewhat of a respectable return when he came back. I Mm. guess you could say he had some power numbers, but I think it's going to be important for him, for him to stay, you know, stay relevant and find his way on a major league team. And I think it'd be important for the White Sox because I think he's a valuable flip piece, in my opinion, right? The left-handed power. But again, we've talked about it to we're ready to throw up. We just have too many of the guys that do the same things. And we really would need him to perform enough where he's a valuable piece to move, in my opinion. So that's my... 
you know, resolution for him is do whatever you can to stay up with the major league club and prove that you belong in this league, whether it's with this team or another team. That, that he's a he's an interesting case, you know. He's he's not going to be a right fielder. It sure seems like Oscar Colas is, and uh, excited to see what that kid can can bring. Um, you know, Andrew Vaughn is your first baseman. Uh, so where where does Gavin Sheets fit in? Especially if Aloy is going to be your DH, um, is he going to platoon with somebody? Where is he going to find his opportunities and his moments? Because it is difficult you know, to be that part-time hitter where, where you're just called in, you know, you're, you're used in spot situations, you know, it's mm-hmm. difficult. Are they going to look, are they going to look to, you know, uh, create a hybrid model or are they going to just, you know, you're, you're off the bench, man. You're going to come in and pitch hit in such, certain situations late in the game. It's going to be very strategic. Um, but the shift's going to, the banning, the shift's going to help him out as it will um, Yasmani Grandal. But, that was what I hoped too, Pat, during the season, is I hope he gave enough of an audition where people were clamoring for him. And, and I thought there, I thought, you know, and, and the offseason's not over, but I really thought, hey, folks are going to be needing some left-handed hitters, you know, with this ban of the shift here. We don't, I don't think Sheets is going to be your full, a full-time guy. So can somebody can we find a partner somehow, you mm-hmm. know, where we can get, you know, maybe a veteran second base out of it or, or what have you. But um, okay. I mentioned his name, Andrew Vaughn and Pat, I am uh, declaring 2023 year of the Vaughn. This is year of Andrew Vaughn. Watch out for this guy. We, we've of course been hearing about it for a while. The hype, there, there's a ton. Talk about somebody having a ton on their shoulders. Abreu's gone, difficult situation to watch and process. I think we're still going to deal with that. And and anytime something doesn't go well and Andrew Vaughn's in a slump or Andrew Vaughn struggles, he's, he's it's going to get thrown back at him. Yeah, He's not Jose Abreu. Andrew Vaughn's not going to win a gold glove, okay? He's not going to get in that conversation, but he's a natural first baseman. I think he's going to be able to hold his own. And the fact that he is playing first base, his natural position, without worry of where am I going to get moved to next and and saying all the right things of, oh, you know, I'll play wherever they want me to play. No, no, you you don't want that. You don't want to be playing second base, Andrew Vaughn. You want to be a power-hitting first baseman. And he is going to have his opportunity to spread the wings, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah, let's hope so, uh, Nick. You know, the other you know concern with him is the back, right? The, yeah. Another injury. It's just yeah. something that has hampered him the last two seasons and kind of cut, you know, the, uh, the 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 length of the season down for him. And you know, it's tricky. Backs are always going to be tricky, and let's hope that he's got it right and is going to in a good spot. But you know, you you talked about like taking that, uh, picking up the the mantle from the the previous. You know, superstar really in a Jose Abreu, beloved player, and trying to live up to that and fill those shoes. I just wonder if there's a mentor out there that he could reach out to. I'm sure there is. Uh, you know, I think Paul Canerco right away, you know, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. taking Frank Thomas, a future Hall of Famer at the time, his spot, uh, and, and really, you know, picking up and running with it and becoming the leader uh, of that team. So, uh, if he's looking for some mentorship, I would say go there. There, you know, a lot. I think there's a lot of similarities there between Canerco and Vaughn. And you say you know he's not going to be a Gold Glover, but Nick, you know, we saw. I, I saw some. I saw a guy in left field 
when he was put out there without really any kind of work, you know, after Aloy went down to spring training two years ago, uh, to go out there and play the way he did and work his ass off to be more than adequate, I would say, in left field. I think if you give him time at his natural position on an everyday basis, I think he can be a really good fielder. I I, I think that he's got that and he's he's going to be uh, in a good spot there. So I'm excited to see what he can do with the glove. Great point on Paul Canerico. Boy, I, I feel like that that has been something that Canerico has done in the past is gone back to talk to, you know, the players he lives in Arizona. And it's just I, I that would be a great call by Grafol, right? Like mm-hmm. reach out to some some folks that, you know, still are removed from the like Persinsky, you know, bring him in to talk like you've got some Sox ambassadors. But, you know, hey, love kitty cat and uh, fisk and some of these other guys but it's like let's get some recent guys that you know and the, and the just the similarity with uh, uh you called it with canerico taking over for where thomas was and and vaughn in the situation from abreu and um i think that would be wonderful the thing with vaughn i hey i think he's gonna be able to hold his own but you're just getting, you get so much more action at first base right you're involved in so many plays uh I'm not saying you just get thrown out there in outfield and it's like, Hey, just try not to make a fool out of yourself. But first base, I mean, it, 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 it can be dangerous over there. You know, you'll, you'll get on, you'll get, you'll get discovered quickly if you can't hold your own. Right. uh, Yeah. And and I would say again, I I've never played, you know, one inning uh, at any (laughs) level. So when I say these things, sometimes if, if you're listening to this, Take it with a grain of salt, but I, you know, I've always heard that third base is a more, you know, reactionary position. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. I would oh, think yeah. that first base, you know, you're not going to get as many balls hit your way just because of the, you know, more right-handers in the league than, than left, but you know, it's more of a reactionary position, you know, you know position on the field and where you set up beforehand is going to determine how successful you are. And after that, it's really just being mechanically sound. In the outfield, it's, you know, let me look at the way it comes off the bat. What it, what kind of pitch are they throwing in this count? What kind of tendencies does this guy have on this count? And where should I shade him? Where should I move? And how can I break in? And, and, and all that. I think there's more that goes on, obviously, out in the outfield. So I think taking that away and just be more reactionary and be sound with your feet. And, and you should be in, I think you should be in, in good shape. Think about all of the just just the dimensions of the outfields that Mm -hmm. Vaughn had to figure out and and learn on the fly and the way the ball will, you know, kick off of a wall, uh, whether it's down the uh, left field or right field line or, or the outfield wall. And I mean, that's, that's all going through your brain, you know, and, and the amount of the the different outfield combinations, you know, you you have to work in harmony, you know, with your center fielder. And, and there, there was a, uh, it was a revolving door out there. So yeah. to have, it's like, Hey, this is my position. Yes. You're going to have to work alongside, uh, you know, a lot of other infielders and in, in what have you, but I think it's going to help. I, I think that will, that will, um, that will be transferable uh, offensively. I really do. It's some peace of mind. And, and I think he's going to be able to focus on, and uh, on the offense. So one position that we didn't really mention quite a lot about, but, Boy, it's on everybody's mind. New year, new problem. It's second base. Uh, the the last great hope almost was Gene Segura. He was recently signed by the Miami Marlins. 
Now it's a matter of trade. Will, will there be a trade for a, a veteran second baseman? All signs point to it being in, internal. Uh, and Romy Gonzalez looks to be the guy that is, may, might have the leg up in the whole competition between uh, Jose Rodriguez, Lenin Sosa, the legend, uh, Lurie Garcia, Danny Mendick. in a whole episode. <laughs> Danny Mendick gone, uh, yeah. signed with the uh, the Mets. Uh, like, why not? Why not bring him back in for a million dollars? Bring him in to just create some competition at that position. If you're going to just go kind of with internal options, I, I, I'm sick of it. it. I've been talking about it. You've been talking about it. Sox fans have been, you know, ranting about this for years and years. We we hear the message in the off season. Going to focus on second base. And we're and we're stuck with this, and yeah. uh, I don't know. It, it still rubs me. It rubs me the wrong way, Pat. And and I, hey, I can make a case for Romy Gonzalez, but I, I don't think you roll into a, a, a year where you want to return to a custom levels. You want to return to the top of the AL Central, and uh, you're like, man, yeah, I think we can just do it internally. Let's just figure this out. I think Romy Gonzalez is going to be the guy. Yeah, well, the only thing that's going to be positive about that, Nick, if it's a Lenin Sosa or a Romy Gonzalez situation going into camp, is there will be a true competition there. And, you know, competition brings out the best in people. So, you know, if, if that's the way it goes uh, and somebody truly wins that spot, you know, that's uh, that can be seen as a positive thing. Um, I don't know where, where the, where the socks are at or where I haven't heard a boo about it. Maybe you have, cause you're, you've been more in tune lately than I have a little bit with, uh, what's been going on, but with, with Elvis Andrews, I mean, what, what is that situation? Like, is that a possibility? It just seems like that's kind of gone dark. I, he hasn't signed with anybody. I haven't heard a lot of rumors. Um, I, again, it, it seems like a no brainer, but that means he's going to move to second base and and maybe that's not a situation that he wants. Uh, maybe there's a team out there that is like, you know what? We can afford Elvis Andrews. Like we haven't done a lot this off season, but we need a shortstop. You know, we, yeah. we need a veteran shortstop and that's his position. And that's what, and then he's like, yeah, I'd like to play my natural position. I thought maybe, I think he's I think he's holding on to the hope of the White Sox because you know we're on the verge. You know, we can compete in the AL Central. You know, right right now I don't look at at all as the White Sox is as a top of the AL team. You know, I think mm -hmm. ESPN had a way too early rankings and they put the Sox at 14th, which is classic, you know, middle of the road. <laughs> right, um, right in the middle. Right in the middle. Um yeah. but I think they can compete in the AL Central and Frankly, I think they can win uh, the AL Central. Um, again, with me leaning into this accustomed return to accustomed levels, and, and let's assume everybody stays healthy, you know, uh, until they don't. And then you've got to kind of readjust. I, I say, why not? You know, bring them in. And it, it's just a matter of do the Sox say, you know what, we don't have money for that because we spent it all. And we really see a Gonzalez or someone else as the future, you know, yeah. but, but sign Andres for a year then sign him for yeah. a one year deal. The thing about it is Nick, that's hard as a fan is we didn't see enough from either Gonzalez or Lenin Sosa. I don't think, I mean, oh, the sample sure. size was too yeah. small yeah. to really get excited about it. Right. If, if yeah. there was a lot of, 
um, you know, a lot of hype coming out of, out of the minor leagues about it. And you're, it's an anticipation type thing. And it's just a matter of time, but it's almost seems like, uh, just any other prospect that comes up, it's like, yeah, we'll see this, this kid's got a shot, but yeah, we're not really high on, on either one of them. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's maybe it's like the old saying in the NFL, if you have two, uh, quarterbacks, you don't have any. So, you know, well, that, we have that's two guys competing for it. We don't have any. I agree with that. Um, and if they're gonna if they're gonna just roll this way and and it's gonna be internal between those four four guys that we talked about, okay. Uh, I, I just I love the competition, man. I, I absolutely love the competition, and I don't want to see a revolving door. I want to see some chemistry between Anderson and whoever wins that second grade, the sec, second grade, uh, second base spot. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you got. I think you have to be strong. Uh, down the middle you have to that's one mm-hmm. of the old sayings in baseball and yeah. you just don't want all these moving parts where they can't get into a rhythm your shortstop in your second baseman because you're trying different guys out and re- you're retooling the line how many different lineups did the Sox have in 2022 i mean well, I-, I stopped counting after like 60 something uh it-, it just gets some consistency i know injuries played a role in it but let's assume health Roll with your consistency. Hopefully somebody wins that outright. And it's not like a, well, you're like the best of the worst. I hope yeah. somebody just shines. They they really step up and they shine. Well, you're absolutely right in terms of being strong up the middle. We talked about Yaz earlier in the, sh- in the yep. show about, you know, where he was at and, you know, how he was hampered so much by his injury. You know, he's not that fantastic of a defensive catcher to begin with when he is healthy. I think he's adequate and I think he frames well and all that other stuff, but he was really hampered behind the plate. So, you know, talking about being strong up the middle that resulted in the Sox being 26th in defensive run saved oh, yeah. in a league. So yeah. you're talking about a, a team that's horrible defensively. And if you can't be strong up the middle, Nick, that's where it all begins. So yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, if you uh, haven't read this article, and I know there's a lot of people that do not have uh, an, a subscription to The Athletic, we're, we're, you know, everybody's got a million different subscriptions that they're dealing with. It's like, you know, you don't want to take on another. But if you're wondering about like a late, you know, gift to yourself or, or maybe somebody's birthday's coming up or, or maybe it's like, oh, I forgot to get this person. Think about the athletic. It's it's wonderful stuff uh, all around baseball. Uh, James Fegan, who, who's your who's your go to White Sox guy, we've we've had on this podcast over the years. Does some wonderful work. Um, and there was a recent article on the new involving the new hitting coach Jose Castro, assistant hitting coach Chris Johnson. Uh, Tosar was involved. Grafol was in it. And it really, man, it warmed my winter heart uh, because of the just the perspective and like the new language that's going to be used. And, you know, the plan, like we have got a plan. We know heading into that night, into that game, what we're going to get thrown at us. There's going to be no guessing. There shouldn't be guessing. So we will be prepared not to just hit singles but to yeah. do some serious work. And it's got some wonderful quotes from Castro and Chris Johnson. I, it seems like there's going to be like two and a half, three headed monster in terms of the hitting world. And that's how Grafol wants it. More eyes, maybe more, more better. I, I, but it, what I love though. Okay. Is 
they're all going to be on the same page. And they, and they called themselves out in the article of like, yes, there could be too many cooks in the kitchen, but we are using the same language. We're communicating the same way to our hitters. And I mean, that's where I go with, okay, we didn't have a, have a guy that hit 20 home runs. Okay. This past season, ridiculous, Mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous uh, for the ballpark that, that we play in 81 games out of the year. That has got to change. And, and it, it really, it's, it's the mindset, right? It, it's yeah. the, it's the, the numbers that you're looking at. It's like, well, how can I achieve, how can I achieve my end result? What do I, it's backward planning, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved everything about it. And uh, I, I was excited about the hires again, the people that Grafol's surrounding himself with. And when you have weapons that, and they're dangerous weapons uh, like Jimenez, like Robert, like Anderson, I do think Ben Attendee, if he's healthy, if he's, if he gets his hand healthy, he could be a 20 home run guy. He absolutely mm-hmm. could. I think that's towards the ceiling. Uh, and then you factor in uh, my man, uh, the Mr. 2023, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, there's a lot of weapons to play with on this roster. Yeah, you're right, Nick. And I, it's a very interesting concept. And and I, what I like about it, I'll be, I'll be watching and we'll see if it pans out to be good. You talked about, they're all going to be, you know, singing from the same hymn book from, for lack of a better term, but everybody has a little bit different way of communicating, connecting with people. So I might tell you one thing and it doesn't resonate, you know, the person that left me says the exact same thing, but in a different way. And it resonates and you can take in that information. So you have a better opportunity to connect with everybody in your lineup and make sure everybody's moving in the same way and seeing the things that they should see. So it's going to be, it's, it's interesting because you know that, you know, you're, when you're talking about coaches in the past, especially, you know, coaches that have veteran players and it's like, listen, I know how to hit the ball. I've been in this league a long mm-hmm. time. You know, I'm, I, I don't need to. So there's a disconnect there. You have a better opportunity if you maybe have a different guy going, Hey, I know uh, that you'd see it this way and I can respect that. And you, but maybe look at it this way. Let's bring this perspective in rather than you have one voice telling you this should be done this way all the time. And having that coach, honestly, having to adapt to the way they have to communicate to people. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a fascinating way uh, to look at this thing. I don't know if other teams do something in a similar fashion, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if it, if it pans out and if it doesn't, then we'll have three people to blame. Yeah. I, I mean, there are, I just think the sacks are way behind and, and we know this, right? The sacks are way behind yeah. in a lot of things that they do. And uh, if you listen to that press conference, when they introduced Grafol, uh, it was alarming to me, really listening to it and going back and listening to it again, and then reading the transcript, so to speak, of what Han is saying. I mean, he was saying it in, in front of all, like we took many steps backwards, yeah. You know, it, we are trying to play catch up. We, we, we've been kind of behind for a while on a lot of different things. And, and we're trying to set that right. So, I, you know, again, a little, every little bit helps. And the outside perspectives, again, that's what we've all been thirsting for is get people from outside the organization. Stop this just bumping people up or trans or just shimmying people around into different roles, you know, because uh, Jerry likes them and has some sort of relationship. Uh, finally, you know, and will it ultimately make a difference? Again, I go through this whole episode and you know, we all know 
I nothing's truly going to change until there's ownership change. You know, once that happens and then we can get, you know, a, a GM that actually has some accountability and, and a president of baseball operations, all that stuff. But this is what we're dealing with in 2023. OK, and so let's let's just I, I'm just trying to stay positive about it. Go in with, you know, hey, if you're telling me these things, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to buy into it, even though I kind of know better. But I, I like this. You want you want to stay healthy. You got a plan to stay healthy. You got a plan for these guys to return to custom levels. It, it sounds like it. Great. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I am too, Nick. And and you said it exactly right. You can say to your blue in the face that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a diet and lose weight. But what's your plan, right? So they have a plan to be healthier. And and what are you gonna do? It may not ultimately work. But let's have a plan rather than just saying we think the guys are just going to be healthier next year. Well, that's they may well be healthier next year. But why don't we put a plan in place to ensure that they do? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I've been that's what I've been reading and what I've been liking over the last uh, few weeks, last month or so is I'm starting to hear the plan. And uh yeah, I mean, here we are, January 1st, uh, a little less than a month and a half. It's crazy. Uh, can I get some way, before we wrap up, Pat, some way too early uh, predictions from you? Way too early, okay? Uh, wow. I, I, give me, if you could give me, if you're comfortable with it, can you give me maybe a team MVP and can you give me where the Sox might finish? Okay. Uh, again, way too early. I shouldn't even be asking you this, and I apologize for mentioning it, but just let's, you know, why not? Let's get weird here. Well, if you're going to talk about team MVP, for the last, I think, three years, I think my <laughs> my team MVP prediction was Yohan Mankata. I'm, I'm off been. of it. I'm off Yohan Mankata. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, so that's the shock of the okay. year. Okay. Uh, right. I think I think Robert's going to be my my team MVP. I mentioned him in terms of who you know I, I need to see in terms of resolutions this year, and uh, I think a lot rests on him. So if this team's going to be successful, and you talked about being a scary lineup, yeah. if you have a guy like Luis Robert that has the talent and potential that he has, and teams have to circle his name in the lineup every day and plan how are we going to attack this guy? Like they have a plan for everybody, right? We're going to attack this. this, this but we cannot let this guy right here beat us. Luis Robert has to be that guy. He has to be the guy that other teams look at and go, we can't get beat by that guy. Yeah. And if you can do that, then that's fantastic. So I'll, I'll predict him as uh, our team MVP this year. And, and what was the other question? Our record? Was that the question? Yeah, really? Like, yeah. And include that. And, and where is this team going to finish? Well, I'll I'll go out on a limb. Maybe it's not a, a huge limb, but I'll go out on a limb and say this team should win this division. It, it really should. It, it still has the most talent in terms of any other team in the division. Now, they may not have, a, you know, if you're just looking at last year's teams, this team lacked the heart, right? They lack the heart of, of the Guardians. So if you can match that, if you can match their intensity and their heart and their passion and the way that they paid attention to fundamentals and they ran the bases and played defense, you have more talent than them and you should exceed them by at least four or five games in this division. Now, I don't know where the twins are at. The twins seem to be, you know, they're always there somehow. Mm -hmm. They've, they, you know, two years ago, it was a down year for them last year. You know, they weren't much better in it really, you know, they, it wasn't like they were I'm not blown away winning by their the pitching, division or anything. as we so, talk right now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, 
you should still win this division. The Tigers had a lot of hype the year before. I don't know where they're at in terms of, you know, in their they're floundering, they're what nowhere. they're going to be. And ultimately, so um, I'll say the Sox win this division. I say they win it by about four or five games. And I think it's more of a separation towards the end of the year um, than, than, than a full year like domination of any kind. I think they they hold their own and and they separate themselves from the from the rest of the field uh, down the stretch. Yeah, I you know again uh, I'm I'm basing off of uh, good health, players returning to their accustomed levels, and Pedro Grifol doing everything he said he was going to do uh, by creating that culture from the get go, urgency from the get go. Um, hey, this is going to be year of the Vaughn, but. Aloy Jimenez is going to be your team MVP. I, wow. I think he is going to have a, a monster year if he focuses on designated hitter. There's not a lot of worry of am I going to get injured in left field. I, I think he's going to come to life. I, I really – but Robert is a great pick. Uh, I, I can see Jimenez – I could see Jimenez over 40 home runs. I could wow. see him 90 to 100 RBIs. If he plays 135 games – 140 games. We haven't experienced this stuff yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's what we've talked about over the years on this podcast. We don't even know the potential of some of these guys. We haven't even talked pitching really, which yeah. we can get to in the next episode on some of those levels. But uh, so I, I'm high on uh, Aloy Jimenez. I, I said on the Lockdown Sacks uh, podcast last week when I did some way too early uh, predictions. Again, uh, I was aggressive, but to everything you said, Pat, like th- they have, they they can reclaim the AL Central. I got this team right now on January first. I they can win ninety games. They can they can make a oh, nine. Okay, I thought you were going to say something ridiculous. That doesn't no. seem that ridiculous. Well, I'd I put mean, them at about ninety three. That's why I got. I can. They could go ninety and seventy two, and I see them winning the central. Now I don't know how much further they're going to get after that. Do they make any deals? Uh, you know, at the deadline, what's their pitching situation? Are they running out of gas? Uh, again, I, I I I think that is within their realm right now, and, yeah. and that should warm everybody's hearts. Uh, here we are in this in this winter in these winter months. Yeah, I'll, I'll take ninety wins. I think it's an. I, I'm with you. And I, I like I said, ninety three feels like a, a right number for me. Mm. I, I don't know why. Um, but well, I know, you know why. Maybe it, it, just drunk on on the holiday cheer, Nick. But it just mm-hmm. uh, I feel like well, I feel like this team is it will be more what we thought the team was going to be last year than what it was. Okay, I, I like it. Uh, let's let's keep that positive uh, that positive movement going forward. Ninety three, Pat is you know we're coming up on the anniversary year of the ninety three team, a favorite team of you and I. That's um, the thirtieth anniversary wow. of the ninety three team. So why not win ninety three games uh, this season in honor of Blackjack? Uh, and Thomas and one dog. I love how you spun that. And, and it was wonderful. You're just, that's just how professional you are. You're just yeah. amazing. I, I appreciate that, Pat. Um, and that's all without a fishing trip. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, always a pleasure, buddy. This is uh this was a blast. Nick, I have to say, this has got to be the best show of the year so far for us yep, and bully for on us for, for mm-hmm. doing this. And thank yep. you to everybody that uh, will eventually listen to this podcast. Yep. Uh, folks, uh, really appreciate if you tuned in live, uh, you're listening uh, uh, 
uh, wherever your your life takes you. Uh, boy, it has been a pleasure doing this podcast. Uh, this is our fifth season. This is episode 201. You can find the podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. Uh, we're on social media uh, at uh, Good Guys TV on Twitter. We've got a Facebook fan page and we've also got a YouTube channel. So subscribe. You can find this podcast and consume it uh, that way uh, as well. For Pat Hester, I'm Nick Morawski. want to thank you all so very much for joining us once again uh, for a very fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Good guys talk back. Until next time, go Sox.